Welcome to the Last Week in Denmark podcast. I'm your host, Rizzy Magnusson, and I'm here with founder of Last Week in Denmark, Narshis, to discuss this week's news and offer you extra insight into what's been happening and how it could affect you. Now let's jump in. Welcome back to the microphone, Narshis. So tell us, what's new in the world of Last Week in Denmark? Well, I would say mainly three things. Uh, website the investment game that we're playing together now and of course welcome september series of events around the country Uh, first let's start with the website we have finally managed to launch it Uh, it has been a really long and arduous journey it's it's quite difficult to get a website uh, based on volunteer work so it takes a long time before we have one that's properly functioning but now we have something and we already have some content thanks to Andrea. Uh, she has written three very good uh, guide articles on investments, pregnancy, giving birth, uh, which I think are worth uh, a reading, uh, definitely. And in general, further on, when we're going to have evergreen content, content that's not necessarily curated uh, weekly news, we will put it on the website so that we have a place where you can always find it. And for those who are interested already, what's that website address to find us? It's basically lwid.dk. It's literally last week in Denmark. First letters, that decay. <laughs> Just in case someone didn't get the spelling, right? Um, but also what's very interesting this in the next um, one month and a half is that we... Uh, I decided to try to encourage internationals to participate in the largest investment competition in Denmark, the one organized by Borsen, uh, one of the, the leading financial newspapers in uh, in Denmark. It's quite cool. It's every year for the last, I don't know, decade at least. Uh, and the prize is always very nice. The prize for this year is an electric car in value of almost half a million kronas. So that quite an expensive uh, electric car. And it's purely based on your skill. It's not a game of luck, it's a game of skill. Uh, if you are very good, you're going to get half a million kronas in fake money. Uh, and then you're going to play the stock market on real time. And the player with the largest gain uh, by uh, the end of October gets a car. It's just as simple as that. <laughs> so it's whoever makes the most profit out of that sort of fake money that you give them to play on the stock market. Pretty much, yeah. Whoever has whatever highest amount over half a million uh, basically um, and and actually it's not just that if people sign up through our link and join the last week in Denmark uh, team uh, there's also a prize for the best one from our team so not just the the overall prize is obviously the car but if you are also the best among I don't know the 400 players that are in our team uh, you can also get I don't know uh, shares uh, in Almbrand uh, a company so you have already some shares you can get out of this to begin with uh, but i think the, the the best part will be the fact that you'll actually learn how to invest you'll be able to risk and see how 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 far can half a million take you if you decide to spend half a million of your own money uh, how far can you go with it in one month <laughs> basically so it sounds like that investment article that Andrea's already produced on the website, on the Last Week in Denmark website, would be a very useful start. That's definitely true, but I also will recommend to read the newsletter because Andrea will be starting to, to write and describe different concepts uh, related to investing so people get more familiar with the techniques, with the tools that they could use uh, when they try to, to play the game. But uh, we will find out more, uh, yeah, 
if you read the newsletter today, basically. And the last part, I would say, is the fact that we're going to be present around the country. We started already uh, yesterday in Olborg at, uh, at the diversity evening, where we try to make last week in Denmark more present in your life. Uh, we will be next week also in Olborg at the International Fair, but also in Copenhagen on 22-23 September at, uh, inter- at this thing called Welcome Internationals or something like that. I forgot the name exactly how it's called, but it's like a large event in English for for internationals. It's it's uh, it's one of the largest in Copenhagen. There's usually a couple thousand people that that show up to that. And also we will be in uh, Aarhus in 30th September, Odense, Herning, and I think Kolding as well. And this is all part of the Welcome September initiative. Is that right? Yeah, I think every year there is a program. Uh, where the, um, the different institutions aim, that have a role to welcome newcomers to, to Denmark or support them, they make this uh, national project in a campaign called Welcome September. And there's all sorts of events for uh, newcomers around Denmark. Now, moving on, Narshis, can you please talk us through some of the newsletter headlines for this week and introduce what we will be covering on today's episode? Well, in today's episode, yes, you know, as we have already announced, there will be a guest, so we will not go deep into any of the headlines. But if you read the newsletter, you'll get to see that um, there is a focus on recruitment of uh, workers from Southern Europe, uh, from the government side. Uh, there is some good news for the families with children that uh, from commercial surrogacy. Um, you can see that Denmark is on campaign now. They really want to obtain this position of president of European Investment Bank for Margaret Vestager, uh, which will also put Denmark in a very powerful position when we're talking about money in Europe. Um, we're writing about that the fact that more than half of the Ukrainian refugees uh, have a job and seem to be well, let's just say, included in the Danish society already. Also in the good news part, Novo Nordisk has become the most valuable company in Europe. Wow, in Europe, not just Denmark. (laughs) And thanks to one single drug, Vegovi, the weight loss drug, the Danish economy is on plus 1.7% and not on minus. Without that drug, if you take that drug from the equation, we will be in a recession right now in Denmark as an economy. Well, congratulations to Nova Nordisk. Brilliant. It's crazy how one single drug can have such a huge impact on an economy. We are a small country and, of course, such big developments can can definitely have a huge huge impact on us. And I'm surprised Nova Nordisk has beaten Maersk as the most important company, you know. (laughs) I guess there's a new boss in town. Um, Also, in terms of a bit bad news... Uh, electricity price uh, is going to increase from next year definitely because of taxes but also most likely this winter is going to be another cold winter to a certain extent it's not going to be as bad as uh, last year but definitely not uh, the prices we had in the spring and summer that's just not possible Uh, and of course there's uh, this this new research that shows that smoking is uh, one of the causes for mental illnesses uh, there's there's a clear link right now, <laughs> so I guess that's something that could be interesting for some of the readers. Today, we won't have time to cover all these headlines in depth, but do remember it's all in the newsletter, so do subscribe if you haven't already. 
and enjoy the full stories direct to your inbox every Sunday. You can click the link in this show description to subscribe today and keep up to date with what's happening in Denmark. Now, before we move into our deeper dive segment of the show and take an intricate look at some of the headlines this week with our special guest, Narshis, would you like to take us through our political overview? This time, I will not go uh, too too much into it, but I would like to just mention the current conflict or growing conflict between the mayors and the government. As you probably know, in Denmark, the the power is uh, is quite well divided. So, uh, local councils or local governments, however however you want to call them, mayors, um, they have autonomy, which means also that. Uh, if you live in a certain municipality, you pay most of your taxes actually there. The money stay in the same place. However, uh, <laughs> a statement made by the prime minister where she said that the currency of the new era in Danish politics is not money uh, because we have plenty of it uh, kind of triggered the mayors because all of them are kind of suffering besides Copenhagen and Aarhus. That's the only two who don't. But the rest of the country, and or ergo 97 other municipalities, they all have to make significant cuts in welfare spending. Uh, the inflation has kind of over-pushed the, 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 the public spending uh, in the past two years. And that means that they spend more than they had. Uh, so now they actually have to make savings. And that's not easy to do because now you have to decide which school to close, which bus routes to close, what service to the elderly to cut down on, uh, where can you, you know, have less time, less hours, less people employed and so on. Uh, And that's not a fun exercise for no politician. You know, if you are in power now and you have to do such moves, it will make it hard for you to get elected again. (laughs) So it's uh, it's something that mayors hate the most, you can say. So they're very angry uh, right now, especially that the government is preparing these huge tax cuts for next year. I mean, it'll be kind of favorable for some people who work because they also remain with more money in their pocket. But at the same time... uh, they have to make this uh, terrible welfare cuts. So it's difficult to choose. And uh, to be honest, it's a bit also strange because yeah, I know it's not uh, prime minister is social democrat. And uh, I know that it's not purely a social democrat government. Uh, but the social democrat mantra for the past 20 years has been welfare or tax cuts. Choose one. You cannot have both. Um, and the social democrat voters, which are the largest kind of segment you can say of voters in uh, in Denmark they always have very well understood like the difference between the two of them like between light and dark is like you can either get one or the other you can't have both so uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the party will be affected uh, by announcing tax cuts very soon in the autumn or maybe they will change their mind i'm pretty sure the mayors are going to try their best to to lobby to put pressure to somehow get some money so they don't have to make s- too big of decisions uh, let's just say it should be it should be interesting to, to see how this uh, evolves because i mean for me as a, as a worker i guess it will be fun to have more money in my pocket but in the same time if a village loses their school because i get a couple more kronas in my pocket hmm, is that worth it I suppose that's something every individual will have to decide for themselves before they go and vote yeah, I guess, I mean, the government will make a decision for us now, but it will be up to us when we go and vote to decide what do we prefer. We accept what the government has done or do we want someone to come in power who changes that? 
and prioritize the welfare again. That concludes the headlines and the political overview. Next up on today's show is our deep dive segment. This week, I'm very excited to announce we have our first Last Week in Denmark podcast guest with us. Narcius, would you like to introduce our guest and what the three of us will shortly be discussing? It will be my pleasure. Uh, our guest is uh, Lasse Freeman Jensen, and he is the mayor of Olborg. I have known Lasse ever since he ran for the first time for uh, city council in Olborg, and I can say that uh, he always has distinguished himself from the others by having a special focus on us, the internationals. He has become mayor in the middle of the mandate after the former mayor resigned due to a change in, well, life priorities. Lasse, welcome to our podcast. You have always been an ally for the international community in Olborg during your mandate as a city councilman. Would you be able to continue being close to us now that you are a mayor and you have way more responsibilities? Yes, I will love to be close to the international community. I've uh, spent already uh, several events and meetings with the international, so that's one of my main priorities. And on the subject of internationals in Denmark, would you say that Denmark is right now a welcoming place for the international communities? In some ways, yes. In some way, no. Uh, I think that once you break the barrier to the to a Dane, you become friends for life. But it's a matter of breaking that barrier that can be uh, uh, troublesome. I can certainly relate to that in my own experience. I've been here about a year and a half now, and my husband and I are both very proud because each of us have a Danish friend from our own sort of working lives. Um, but most of most of the rest of our friends and people we spend time with are all other internationals. Why do you think internationals find it difficult to make friends and hang out with the locals, with the Danes? I think it's uh, maybe our humbleness that makes it uh, a little constraining for ourselves to to face international and and, and speak English and uh, uh, make a conversation uh, about stuff that really matters. Uh, We tend maybe to have a more superficial conversation with internationals and not the more deeper conversations, uh, uh, mainly because we are maybe afraid of saying something stupid in English and uh, you know, the, one of the, the most comical things that politicians have done in, in recent time is when Danish politicians have said something stupid in Denglish, uh, you know, <laughs> this new language. Uh, and uh, so it's, I think it's a, a combination of fear of saying something stupid and uh, our humbleness. And what strategies do you have in place to make the municipality you are mayor of, Ulborg, even more international friendly? I think the, the, the closer direct friendship we have with an individual or a family or group make you more uh, able to, to find a Danish friend. So we try to, uh, to set up in different initiatives and programs uh, in Aalborg Municipality uh, a direct friendship with you and, uh, and uh, what we call a host program. So having uh, one Danish friend uh, setting up those frame for having one Danish friend is what I believe could be helpful for an international. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the big concerns now within the international community is actually loneliness. Uh, it's it's affecting quite a lot of internationals living here. So I think having someone here, being able to speak to someone here, I think that's already a huge plus. Um, I'm also interested to, to hear... 
uh, I know that uh, it's not a good time for, well, local politics and <laughs> money spendings, let's just say, but uh, do you think, though, is there any like sort of concrete initiatives that are somehow going to be very interesting for the internationals to know about from your projects that you're planning for maybe next year or maybe next two years? Is there something that you would like to highlight maybe? Yes, for sure. We've been uh, discussing for a long time the potential of having a public international school in Alba. And we've, uh, in the last couple of uh, budgets, we've prioritized um, uh, researching the need for having a, a, a public international school. The first one in Denmark is in uh, Lolland because of uh, the new connection with Germany called Fehmarn. Uh, And uh, we, um, we, we do it up here because we, can, we know from the private companies that they uh, have a barrier uh, when it comes to attracting the right workforce uh, from abroad because we don't have enough spaces in our uh, international school, which is a private school called Skipper Clement, who does a fantastic job. But there are a waiting list of, uh, last time I heard, 200 uh, children. And uh, so that's the reason why we're discussing this, because it's an investment not only in the private sector, but in having a more international municipality. That sounds really great, uh, to be honest. But what's the stage of development for the project right now? So we've concluded the research uh, carried out by a consultancy company called Covi, and uh, it really uh, underlines the need for having an international public school uh, But at the moment, due to the economy in the municipality, but not only in Aalborg, around Denmark, except maybe Copenhagen, we are uh, pressured on our economy. So the, uh, establishing this school is uh, pretty expensive. Uh, and uh, so we don't have the, the right funding for it right now. But uh, within time, I hope that we can succeed with this ambition of having this international school In, in the meantime, we're working with uh, what we call a, a focus school, uh, a, a school that has a more uh, international oriented uh, staff that can help maybe with uh, bilingual children at the school. So that's the, what we do in the meantime and obviously also close uh, collaboration with the private school. I know that there is, you said, almost 200 children on the waiting list, so I guess something has to be done, done for them now. Uh, they can't wait for the <laughs> until Skipper Clement makes space for them. That's probably true. I mean, children tend to grow, don't they? <laughs> yes, that's true as well. They are, they are attending another school somewhere. Uh, I don't have a full overview of where the, the 200 children are, but some of them, a lot of them are Danish as well, because a lot of Danes also want to go abroad and uh, be expats uh, around the world. Uh, and they, so it's not only international families, it's also a lot of Danish families. Okay. And have you, have you also by any chance uh, heard anything about kindergartens meant for, uh, for international children? Because I know Skipper Clement is, is from first grade. So there isn't really like a international kinder. I know Copenhagen has several, even in other languages like French and German. Uh, do you think Aalborg might have an international kindergarten at some point? Have you ever heard anything being discussed on this? Yeah, there, there are again also some kindergartens that have a more international uh, focus than others uh, where we tend to recommend maybe to, to uh, apply for that specific kindergarten. 
but the whole idea now, what we're working with in general re- related to youth and children, is that we try to combine uh, kindergartens with schools. So the school my kids are going, I have three children, the, the school that they are attending, have it from uh, daycare to kindergarten and then primary school. Uh, so this uh, overlapping institution uh, works very well, that when you have in one spot and you, you are familiar with the surroundings, it's not uh, uh, strange for you to, to be at, at this uh, particular place. So that's, that could maybe be a combination when we do the international primary school, I hope, within time, that we can combine it with uh, daycare, kindergarten and then a, a school. So it will be like an integrated place for for education, all purposes. I think it will become quite of an anchor for the international community, this international public school plus kindergarten plus Daupley. At, at the moment it becomes a reality. I really hope you can succeed to make this project uh, in the following years. I mean, the prime minister has said that the, the treasury is full of money, right? Money is not a concern. So... <laughs> Would, they, would you be lobbying maybe? Would you be able to lobby the state to, to have a say in this? Will they be able to finance or send some money our way by because of demographics change? Not every municipality is facing the same demographic changes like Olberg is. Uh, and maybe the state could intervene to some this degree. I mean, do you have any sort of tools or possibilities for you to put pressure on the government to, to send some more money? Every uh, mayor in Denmark and the 98 municipalities are putting pressure on that. We had a, a mayor's meeting yesterday and uh, there were ministers from the government present as well uh, who we had a talk with in, in the party. I'm part of the Social Democratic Party uh, and we talked with the ministers there. So everybody is you know, talking about this situation that the money for the municipalities are lacking uh, and the, the state is, has... Uh, a surplus of money, and are now doing uh, uh, tax reliefs for for some. So that that's a big discussion. But I think the, the, one of the things that could make it more easy with the specific investment in a, a public international school is that the law regarding it that needs the, the international school needs to have its own board, own set of directors and rules. So it, that's the the tricky part of it that it needs to be an independent organization, which costs more than if it's an integrated organization. So so there are some laws that maybe could be looked at to make it more feasible and a better business case for municipalities to do it if they really want to do it from a, a state governmental perspective. Because as far as I know, the independent schools, um, for example, parents want to set up their own free school, free school as you call it in here, uh, they could do that, right? And 70% of the money normally allocated for that child will follow to that new school. So maybe that could be one solution in other municipalities as well, uh, is to establish these free schools, these independent schools for internationals, uh, because then the state will be the one sending the funding and the burden will not be on the local government anymore. That's exactly how it is with Skipper Clement. It, it, okay. That's a that, that's, uh, uh, free school uh, if, uh, in Danish friskole. Uh, so that is just a private school that you are putting up the, the sort of framework for. Okay, so so private school is possible. There is the possibility to, to start something like that and parents around the country could technically organize such schools if they want to. There's 
plenty of examples, uh, I think, uh, around the country. So I guess that's possible. But I think the, the big breakthrough, as you say, will be definitely establishing a public school uh, like Lowland has managed somehow. The reason why I'm, I'm talking of a public school is I, I believe in the in our public school, what we call Folkeskole. I'm a big believer of that because it, it combines uh, uh, children from all kinds of backgrounds. It's not only like the, the upper class families, it's, it's uh, people with all kinds of ethnicities, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, parents working in different sectors. Uh, I remember when I used to live in Uganda and the private schools down there would be very expensive and it would only be the upper class expat families that would send their children to that. And what we see now is that we, in the whole green transition, we need more skilled labor or what some call blue-collar labor, and uh, to make sure that the, their families and children can go to such a school, it, they need to have a, a public uh, foundation, in my opinion. No, I I totally agree with you on on that one, and I I really hope that you can you can make this happen. So you've been a city councilman for for many years, like more than almost ten years now. Uh, and uh, now you've been mayor for three months. Uh, do you feel like now you have more tools, more uh, possibilities to impact change compared to when you were a city councilman? Yes, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that uh, when I've presented the ideas that there are already people working on it within my own department, the economy and the business department, which is my department. We have seven departments, you can say, in the municipality, uh, so so whenever I say something, there is a team already working on it and, and investigating whether it's possible. Uh, so there, I have more tools for sure. Uh, but that being said, being a city council member also gives you more freedom in a many ways because you don't need to consider uh, a lot of constraints. You can you have more free right sort of to speak to to uh, present ideas and. Uh, innovative uh, projects or whatever it could be, where as a mayor it has to be thought through maybe more than uh, previously. So uh, there are pros and cons. More pros than cons, I hope for you, Lasse. Thank you so much for joining us on the Last Week in Denmark podcast. Thank you. Before we sign off, if you would like to be a guest on the Last Week in Denmark podcast, please email your name, topic of expertise and a summary of your experience on your chosen topic to hello at wizmedia.dk. That's W-I-Z-M-E-D-I-A dot D-K. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for your time, Narcius. Thank you once again, Lasse. Lovely to meet you and have a chat. Uh, we do all hope you found this podcast informative, interesting and of value. We'll be back next week on your favourite podcast platform. Just search Last Week in Denmark. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye for now.